Too much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Law Oi, and I'm Liam O'Donnell, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you're supposed to use that. I just know that's a thing that people say. It is, yeah. <laughs> and and you're listening to episode 143 of Our Business, isn't it? <laughs> Our Business. I can't it's, do it. I can't it, do it. It's funny that you keep saying in it, because um, one of the things I want to talk about is like the one guy who is in... Uh, we're, we're, we're talking like asshole Americans doing a bad British accent because we're doing... A two full car films from the English director Ben Wheatley, 2011's Kill List and 2021's In the Earth. So if you're wondering, have Justin and Liam had like simultaneously sh- like have they had a stroke, like a collective stroke? It's possible. By the time you've heard this, that's possible. At the moment, though, we're just being dickheads. I mean, we're usually being dickheads of some kind. Yeah. Uh, so the the one dude on the fall the fall of the House of Usher, he's like the Pakistani Indian. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I know who you're talking. Oh, about. you haven't watched it yet? No, because we decided. Fuck me. Okay, so we decided. Me and Suze, she had not watched, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. So oh I was my like, God. we got to do the Haunting of Hill House first. And then we can do a fall of house because she's watched all his other stuff, but she had never watched it. And I, I knew she had promised me that we would do multiple spooky movies for spooky month. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I said, well, let's also watch a spooky show. And so we only did two spooky movies in October, but we did finish all of the haunting of Hill house, which for someone who, you know, is easily scared. Like she doesn't do horror. So there's a couple parts of Hill house where she fucking lost it. And that's even knowing you remember when it came out and we all rewatched certain episodes because there were hidden ghosts that we might've missed. Yeah. We didn't do that this time. I didn't make her do that. And I know she missed ghosts. Like I saw ghosts that I know she didn't see, but even with what was obvious, she lost. I mean, remember with a part where they're arguing in the car and then, Oh my God. Uh, and then, she, co- she comes from the yeah. backseat. She screamed so loud and squeezed our kitty so hard. The kitty ran away. Cause she just did not believe that she was not ready for that, man. It was, she, that was a lot. That was a lot for her. So we haven't done follow house of usher yet, but I, I want to, it's like the next thing we're going to do. So that actor on the show, instead of like, he is from London. So he has a very thick English accent mm-hmm. and I follow him on Instagram and he's always throwing in it in there. Like, like apparently dude is like a huge Star Wars fan. And when he found out that, um, like, Mark Hamill was in The Fall of the House of Usher, Mike Flanagan was like, oh, no, yeah, I know. I deliberately, I know you're, like, a huge, like, Star Wars fan, so I deliberately put you guys in a lot of scenes together because I want to see you freak the fuck out. And when he, like, relayed that anecdote on Instagram, there was, like, an, an, an in it in there, and I was like, I don't, is that how you use it? I thought, I, I thought that's, like, you did, you, when, when you say in it, like, you're, do you say it like that? But I'm not English. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, uh, oh man, I went to go say his name, but I realized I don't know how to say it. Rahul Kohli? Amazing, amazing actor. Uh, yeah, he's next... good in everything I've seen him in. He's, yeah, he's Next fantastic. Exit, he's really good. Oh my God. It, he's, you know what's weird is he's also really good on both 
uh, not that these shows are great, but he was on both Supergirl and iZombie and was really good on those shows. The shows themselves were not that great, but he like stood out as being really solid on them. Yeah, he's like Ben Affleck. He's really great in a lot of terrible things. <laughs> I don't know. It's the worst example I could have used. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Any, anywho, uh, before we get started, we have a few people to thank. I personally, I want to thank our patrons on patreon.com backslash cinepunks because um, contrary to popular belief, I don't make a lot of money. And contrary to popular belief, Liam doesn't make a lot of money. And contrary to popular belief, to the best of my knowledge, no one involved in Cinepunks makes a lot of money. We are <laughs> of the people, by the people, and for the people. So we appreciate anything that you guys give us to help cover costs. Cost of hosting a website, cost of silencing our enemies, any number of things that we need to do to be a, a, a podcast network, we appreciate our patrons on patreon.com. And if you are interested in becoming one of those patrons, you can head to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. Is there anyone else you would like to thank, Liam? Well, we want to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, even that ne'er-do-well Christopher Reject. Legit horrible human being. Just up. You, you, you can't leave him around candy because he'll steal it. You can't leave him around stair equipment because he'll try to eat it. I know yeah. it's backwards, but that's how it is with him. He's just a chaos agent. You can't trust him. He is. But, he is. He is like. He is like the way that Peter O'Toole describes the ancient enemy in the timeless film Phantoms. He is chaos in the flesh. His favorite movie of all time, by the way. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, but here's the thing: if you want quality screen printing at affordable prices, you need to go to X L V A C X dot com. And work with our good friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations because they offer quality work, uh, but with a personable, relatable, even punk rock attitude. Uh, I get all my stuff printed there, and I am very glad that I do, and I'm happy to work with them, despite having to occasionally interact with Christopher Reject. You know, sometimes you have to eat shit to get to the end of the rainbow, or however the saying goes. Saying I made up just now. <laughs> I was going to say, is I was like, wait, is there anything that's like that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want, if you have a band, if you have a podcast, if you have, oh, I don't know, if you're organizing a protest about a certain country's treatment of a certain ethnic group in a certain part of the world right now, mm -hmm. if you are organizing a protest, you should head to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. And Liam, I got this hankering. Can I tell you what my hankering's for? Sure. Like a, some sort of hot beverage. Because it's mm. getting cold out. You know, it's like November. Mm -hmm. I live in the Northeast. You live in the Midwest. You know what it's like. I, I, need, I need like a, like a hot beverage to, 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 to quench my, my thirst. Do you know anywhere I could go? Well, you can head over to exoscoffeeroasters.com where uh, our friend Aaron Dahlbeck offers not only uh, quality teas, which I know you are a tea gentleman. I love, I'm, a tea, I'm a tea person. But uh, he also has um, high quality beans roasted to order from a variety of locations around the world, uh, as well as an interesting collection of apparel to support the brand. If you head to exoscoffeeroasters.com and order some coffee, maybe some tea, maybe they've got like a collabo with Kill Switch Engage or something. They're always doing crazy stuff over there. 
And on your way out, you enter the code CINEPUNKS, that's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You're going to get 10% off your order. 10%. I know that's not a huge percent, but it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's not bad. It's not bad. Finally, we want to give a shout out to our homie, Mr. Paul Sharkey, who I may or may not be visiting a wolf sanctuary with soon. Yo, that's so cool. That's so cool. We were talking about that today over the gram. And I was like, yo, man, I'll fucking go see some wolves with you. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's neat. I like that. <laughs> if, if you have, like, media, like, if you, uh, if you have a thing, like you're shooting a music video, like a rap music video, and you need someone to shoot it with, um, head to mechanicalsharkmedia.com, and Sharky will get you, uh, if he can't help you directly, he'll at least set you on the right path. He makes our episodes sound great, and we love him for that. Uh, and, you know, I do a t-shirt thing, Rough Cut Fan Club. Check it out, roughcutfanclub.com. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. All right. Now comes the time of the podcast where I, me and my girlfriend, who doesn't exist, you guys don't know where she goes to another school, like two times over. Mm-hmm. We, we go to Liam and Suze's to have a nice, a nice dinner, and we sit down, and for some reason... Liam loses his fucking shit and starts fucking flipping the table over mm-hmm. and yanking the fucking tablecloth down out like an asshole. And as I, I scoop my friend Maeve up, because she's frightened by Liam's unreasonable offers, I, I, I put her to bed. I say, it's okay, Maeve. Your dad's having a hard time right now. And, I, and as I'm in his face, as I'm saying, sort your fucking life out, mate, isn't it? Before yeah. I do that, before I combine those... Shaun of the Dead and, you know, whatever weird quasi-racist English bullshit Liam and I have been spewing, I ask Liam, Oi, Liam, what movies you been watching lately? Or what you been doing involved in Hall recently? That was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good transition thing. Uh, you know, not a ton since the last time. we. When did we record last, actually? Before Halloween. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, I realized we haven't recorded since I got back from... Uh, my exodus out west oh wow has it been that long it has been so i didn't so did we talk about or did not talk about when evil lurks we have not oh man so justin did you see this little movie yes when I did. Evil lurks what did you think of this uh now uh, movie movie film movie movie film what i'm about to say is gonna sound you're gonna be like oh he's shitting on it at first i'm not it, it just turfs out in a way you you'll know where i'm coming from I am a massive fan of Terrified or Aterados. I have gone on the record to say that is the most aptly named film of all time because it is fucking terrifying. Sure. It scares the great and good bejesus out of me. Every time I watch it, I get freaked out. So I had very high hopes for this movie. Um, I almost got a screener for Fantastic Fest for the premiere. I didn't. It's no big deal. So when this came out, I was like, I have to see this movie. I didn't like it as much as I like Terrified. Interesting. That being said, Jesus Christ, this is still an upsetting movie, and it is very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. How, I don't want to say anything that's going to spoil anything. Um, but I was texting someone about. I'm watching where when evil lurks. I'll let you know if any animals get hurt. Uh, oh no, the goat gets shot. But that's in the trailer, I think, so it's okay. And then something happens involving an animal where 
the animal doesn't necessarily get hurt, but what does happen is one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen committed to film. Uh-huh. I was fucking in shock when that happened. Like, I, 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 I had to, like, close my laptop, you know, take a sip of water, sort my shit out, and then fucking open it up again and pray that more horrible shit wasn't coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, I also like that it was a continuation upon a theme from the from the prior movie terrified as like evil as like a pathogen almost sure like it kind of it was kind of in the in the in the realm of like wreck how like you know oh, evil yeah, is like yeah, a, yeah. evil is like a physical thing that can like be passed on to people i thought that was really fucking cool and very gross and very effective yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah this movie is incredibly effective it really got to me it really got under my skin um i was i watched it while i was visiting with my mom Uh, my mom had surgery and i had to go help her out and while i was there i had a little bit of free time i'm like i'm gonna put this on oh my laptop which you guys know i don't watch a lot of stuff on my laptop but in this case it was hard because there were multiple times where I was like cringing at my fucking laptop, like just upset. And before that moment that you're thinking of, Justin, even happened, I got the vibe that that was, I got the vibe that that was probably going to happen. And when I, when I figured that out, when I was like, oh, I see where we're going, that's when I stopped. I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to take a quick break. I need to go for a little, little bit of a trot around, you know, here. Cause, I just couldn't I couldn't subject myself to that in that moment. And he, and even going back to it, I thought, I think I'm right about this and it's gonna be hard. And it was it was not easy. Um I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie. Like I think there are people who have lost their minds over it. And I, I'm not quite there, but I think it is incredibly effective. I really like the world building of it all. I really like the way in a sense, it kind of functions like a pandemic movie because it's so much about everyone knows that this is a thing, but no one really knows the details and they kind of assume it wouldn't happen to them. Like, I thought that was such an interesting way to handle this. Like, everyone in this world believes in demonic possession, but every time someone says, well, it's a possession, they're like, no, that doesn't happen here. Yep. Like, that, we, that's not, we wouldn't have that. And like, it, that felt so human to me. You know, oh, I know that that's real, but that's real for other people. It's not real for me. That would doesn't happen, happen to me. Yeah, that can't yeah. happen to me. Yeah, yeah. Why would that? No, you must be wrong. It must be something else. And like, that is the most annoying thing about people, right? Like when that happened, I thought, "Fuck, right, exactly." Everything about that felt almost too realistic in a sense. Um, but it is bleak, and it's you know, there are people who, as much as they like horror, they still like there to be a resolution that they find satisfying. And I think this movie, (coughs) sorry, uh, I think this movie in more than one way doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, you know, that it's not there. It's not doing any work to make you feel okay. And it's not, that's not why the movie exists. So if you're going into this movie, hoping for a reprieve at some point, you can go ahead and, and let that go because that's that's not going to happen for you. Uh, but 
Um, I do think like it loses a little. It lost a little momentum for me in the middle. I think. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I can see that. Yeah, but overall, I, I thought it was very good, and it was. One of the scarier things I watched in Spooky Season, where I, I did catch up with a few things. One of the things I did, Justin, we were talking about before the show, but I, I wanted to mention. Oh, no, we talked about it in the beginning, was I rewatched uh, Haunting of Hill House. Now, what I haven't done is go, you know, when that movie, when that TV show came out, there was a bunch of videos about all the ghosts that you probably missed. And I remember watching one of those and being like, I didn't miss any ghosts. And then, like, I did miss a few ghosts here and there. So I kind of want to watch that with Suze just to, like, because I don't remember anymore all the different sort of you know ways that that show kind of fucked with you but it was fun to rewatch it with her and really see her take it in fresh we also watched a rewatch for me first time watch for Suze. it follows mm. um, when that came out she was interested in it which i thought was interesting because she's not really a horror movie person but she was curious about it it was getting some press and stuff whatever but we never did it we never pulled the trigger and so because it was you know October and we we're trying to watch some stuff. I said, well, let's give this a try. And she ended up loving it. Although because she is somebody who is very uh, affected by horror movies, right? It's not like her cup of tea usually. So when she does watch stuff, it, it really gets to her. Uh, the parts that I already think are kind of, you know, tense or, or dreadful, really got i mean she really you know so even though she liked it i think it was a hard watch for her i think it really was even scarier than i thought it would be for her so that was a little like oops i hope she's okay but she she ended up being all right did you tell her about how when we saw that movie you almost fought a bunch of college kids because they were talking was that it follows i thought it was something else (laughs) no yes i remember the scene it happened during was the scene where she approached those dudes out in the boat I remember that fucking specifically because it was the best moment in my entire life. I remember that story, but I couldn't remember what movie it was. That I, was one of my favorite fucking moments in. It's like the fucking on your left scene in Endgame and Liam almost fighting college <coughs> kids or get follows are like my two favorite cinematic experiences. I mean, they were ruining the fucking movie, man. They like, were. I'm with you. It made me so mad. I was so I'm mad. I'm with you. Uh, um, Otherwise, you know, I I would count, and I think you would count too, uh, the finale of uh, Attack on Titan. I think amazing. there's no other Fucking way to amazing. understand that series other than as horror. Uh, it's definitely a different kind of horror than I think what people are used to, but it's very upsetting. Um, I think that's about it, though, when it comes to horror stuff. I will say... Um, I've also, as we talked about previously, been keeping up with the X-Men and the current run of Dark X-Men is also very kind of horror based and it's been kind of fun. So if you're uh, if you're an uh, X-Men person out there and you're wondering, like, if Dark X-Men is very good, I think it's been it's been pretty good so far. Uh, So I recommend to check it out. Uh, But it is it is a bit on the uh, on the upsetting side, which I think is what it's trying to do. So that's it for me, Justin. How about you? Um, well, uh, I was out in Los Angeles during Halloween time, so that counts as horror. Um, let's see, I, I know I did, like, some, like, horror-specific stuff. Uh, so, just a long story short, for those of you who don't follow me on social media, I went out with my mom, my niece, and my sister for 10 days for my mom's birthday. We went all over the American Southwest, 
Um, we went to the back gates of Area 51, which was cool as shit. Went to an animal sanctuary. Went to the Clown Motel, which um, I don't want to think about. If you guys Google that, Clown Motel in Nevada. I went there, and it was creepier than you thought it would be. Uh, for har for that, I got to pet a giant oceanic isopod at the Monterey Bay Aquarium with my niece. Again, Google it, and I pet, I pet it, I put my hand on one of those things. Um, but the most horror-related thing that, that we did was my mom and I walked around Santa Cruz Boardwalk at night when it was closed in the fog, and that felt so surreal because, like, my mom isn't, like, a horror person. She's, like, horror adjacent, but one of her favorite films of all time is The Lost Boys. So for her birthday, I was like, we're going to go to Santa Cruz. We're going to go to all these locations they shot at. And we're going to, it's going to be fun. Unfortunately, logistically, we couldn't really squeeze it in. We didn't get there while it was actually open. And by open, I mean the rides were closed, but you could still walk on the boardwalk. So it was all lit up still, but there was nobody there. And you could just walk around. And it was foggy. It was fucking surreal. So while we technically didn't get, we weren't able to get like on the carousel, um, you still got the whole Santa Cruz after dark vibe with it. And that was really fucking cool. Um, I visited David Lynch's house, which is cool on, um, it's like just south, it's whatever road is just south of Mulholland Drive. We went to the, uh, the bridge where they filmed the Lost Boys out. And then the one that we were in Los Angeles, uh, Fellow horror fanatic Carly from the Final Girls joined us for a night at Universal Horror, Universal Studios Horror Nights, Hollywood Horror Nights, whatever. And somewhere in America, and by America I mean somewhere in Los Angeles, there is probably video of these haunted houses where you can hear me screaming myself hoarse as we walk through them. I've never done like haunted house stuff like that before. Um there was like a Chucky, like a child's play themed haunted house. I thought I was going to piss my pants. I was screaming and laughing so fucking loud. And then we went through like a Last of Us themed one. There was one where it was like the Universal Monsters unmasked. So it was like, you're like, oh, it's going to be like Dracula. That's not very scary. Oh, no, it's a, it's a mad doctor. That's pretty weird. Oh, he's tearing someone apart. Oh, great. There's blood everywhere. Hmm. Um, so that was pretty dope. Uh, as for movies that I've watched, um, there's a little movie I watched on Tubi for free called The Astral Woods uh, that I think everyone should check out. Uh, we talked about where evil lurks or when evil, when evil lurks. Have you watched Suitable Flesh yet, the new Joe Lynch movie? Oh, you know what? I haven't finished it, but I did start it. I'm about halfway through. Yeah, um, I, I, I like that movie. Um, I watched The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Uh, all I'll say about that is I wouldn't consider myself like a massive Poe fanboy. Um, I did have the Raven memorized when I was in like third grade. And I remember like, you know, opening up Netflix to start the show and like seeing the, 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 the titles of the episodes. And I still know what the Raven is about. You know what I mean? I could probably still off the top of my dome, just kick the first stanza. You know what I mean? Like I still got it in me. I, I could do it. The last episode is just titled, uh, it's called The Raven, and 
the granddaughter on the show's name is Lenore. And I was just like, uh, well, better fucking get my crying bucket ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to catch a screening of The Lost Boys at the Mahoning Drive-In and meet Tim Capello, the saxophone guy. He was fucking great. He's one of the nicest dudes in the world. He recorded a, uh, like, my mom wasn't able to make that, so he recorded, like, a little video message for her. Um, and then I watched a movie I wrote a, re- a review of on Cinepunk, so you can go there to see what I thought about it. Uh, where the Devil Roams. Or is it where? Is it? Yeah, Where the Devil Roams. Uh, it's by the, the Adams family, like, not like Gomez and Morticia, but, like, there's that family, John, Zelda Adams, and his partner, Toby. Um, it's like a husband and wife and their daughter. They make horror films. They did Hellbender. They did, oh, what was the other one called? The Deeper You Dig. Yeah, that's right. They do like a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, Cinemunks.com. Check out what I thought about it. Hint, I liked it. Uh, I watched a movie called Dear David. Have you heard about this? No. Uh, do you remember, like, on Twitter a few years ago, there was that thing, there was that writer for BuzzFeed who was writing about how his apartment was haunted by the child of a, by, by the ghost of a dead child? Right. It's that. Now, oh. here's the thing. Does that sound stupid? Yes. yes. This movie does a lot with a little that I wasn't expecting, and I was actually pleasantly surprised by this movie. It wasn't great, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like, holy shit, like, but this movie is a lot better than it ought to be and that you think it's gonna be. So just, you know, I'd say put that in your pipe and smoke it, but you're, you know, you don't do that. So if you <laughs> out there are of the pipe smoking person, you can put that in there and toke it up. And then uh, other than that, oh, I met Griffin Dunn the other day. That was pretty cool. At yeah, Monster that, seems, Mania. that seems cool. Yeah, I kind of like weirded him out at first because I let him know that he was indeed Griffin Dunn and dude was like visibly uncomfortable with me. And then, <laughs> which I get it. You know, I, I'm, I, I, I know how I can be. Um, but the more we talked, like I was telling him how like, how we at Cinepunks have the shared opinion that the saddest scene in an American War from London is when David Naughton runs from, he runs from Jack as Jack is being mauled realizes what he'd done and he turns back and Jack is dead. And we're talking about this and you could like, you could just see how this guy was like, oh, this dude's not crazy. Like he's actually like somewhat of a thoughtful human being. And then I showed him my my Halloween costume from a couple years ago where I dressed up as Jack with the, the wounds and everything. And now we're now we're homies basically. So that's good. Yeah. And then other than that, I mean Liam talked about the attack on Titan finale. Um which is a nightmare. Without giving too much away, yes, it is. But I don't think I've cheered harder outside of a movie theater or a, an athletic event than when there was a scene, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil anything, where a certain person is like transforming into a Titan, getting killed, transforming into a Titan, just attacking their way down other Titans. And it was like a Titan that like is a character that like people kind of like they're like, oh, that's like a useless character. And seeing them like just like just take names and just decimate the enemy across the board, it made me feel so fucking good that they were finally like demonstrating their style, essentially. They were, in essence, 
dropping many suckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I couldn't help but cheer. I, I just, it was effective. It was great. You know, my niece and I were texting and crying the whole time. So Attack on Titan, I, I'm, I'm sad it's over, but goddamn, what a fucking kick in the dick that finale was. It just, I don't know how they managed to keep the tension going for as long as they do, right? Like, it just feels like it should run out of steam midway through the episode. Which yeah. is, by the way, like it's like a movie length. This finale is like it's also a good pun because steam. You know, they're all oh all right, are yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, but no, the whole time I'm like, oh, there's more. Oh, now there's weird bone titans. Like, there's just so much stuff going on, and uh, you know, I ultimately I'm not sure that there's much. Like, I think people want to dive into it on like a philosophical level. I think ultimately there's really not much there, but that's okay. It's a, it's, it's upsetting and that's all it really needs to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. You and I have talked about it over text. I'm of the opinion, opinion that it's kind of like a commentary upon like, like nature and existence being cyclical, cyclical in nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, like a dog coming back to its vomit to lap it up. It just, just, just sucks a lot. There's this like horrifying karmatic engine to the universe that just fucking bums everybody out. But other than that, no, I, you know, that's, that's it. You know, spooky season's over. I'm still spooky though. Cause I'm not a fucking poser. So, um, yeah. Oh, also I want to give a shout out. Uh, I did get a chance to see the homies in pain strikes. Um, there's an, a band from Philly with a bunch of like early 20 something kids that were X'd up at this show called Exposed or Expose. If you like hardcore, if you like hard, tough hardcore, if you like bulldoze, and I know, Liam, I know you do. Yeah. Okay. You're going to like them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was fun. It was, it was good to go to a hardcore show that wasn't like a festival. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and see some. Uh, and I got, I got two songs sent out to me. I got an Atari cover sent out to me. That's cool. And a Jimmy World cover sent out to me? I'll take it. Unexpected, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 2011's neo-noir folk horror film? Sure, yeah. Kill List. We'll be right back. One, two, three. Look at that.
And we are back to talk about 2001's British psychological horror. 2011. 2011's British psychological horror crime film directed by Ben Wheatley. Uh, Kill List. When this British surges return home from Kiev, he joins an old friend in working as a contract killer. His disturbed past resurfaces. He spins it out of control during jobs and anonymous employers raising his stakes. Um, talk about a fucking movie that is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I thankfully didn't look at all into this movie. I didn't watch any trailers. Kill us. Liam says it. Trust Liam. I'm going to watch it. As soon as they started with the symbols and the blood packs, I was like, all right, what are we doing here? This is, this is, this is cool. And then like, you know, it just, I don't know. It goes into this fucking, it, this is just a wild movie. And it's so fucking dark and weird on so many levels. Um, I think I fucking loved it. I think a lot of people who don't know much about this movie think that it is at its heart an action film or again as you described you know only a neo-noir film and they don't know the intense folk horror turn that this movie takes that continues on not just through some key scenes but up into the climax which is some of the most uh wicker man but historically accurate shit you've seen oh in a God, long yeah. time it is i mean 2011, I think we can talk about it, but just in case you haven't seen this movie and you do want to keep the surprises for yourself, I guess skip forward to the next section of the of the show. But for those of you who don't care and are good to go, this is a movie in which we have two contract killers. Uh, they, you know, they kill people for money. This is what they do. Uh, his his wife knows what he does. The families, you know, he. he, he people are in on it this is this is what this is his life and he finds himself in this ever more complex kind of mysterious situation and if you are someone who is familiar both with folklore but also with the wicker man specifically it doesn't take that long for you to go oh no <laughs> something else is going on here my man is much like the cop in wicker man is the rabbit and and something's going to happen to him but Unlike a lot of movies, this movie manages to signal to the audience early on, this is not what you think it is, something else is happening, and then still surprise you every few minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I, I knew early on that there was going to be full car shit, and yet over and over again, I was like, what the fuck? Oh my gosh. Like, it, it just kept pulling the rug out from under me. As soon as the woman does the, the symbol on the, in the bathroom, I was like... What was that? What was what was that? Or or in the parlance of the films we're watching, was that? Sure. Yeah. And then like I was like okay, and then like the fucking the blood pact. I was like, all right, this is like vaguely Clive Barkery. There's a symbol. There's blood involved. Maybe one of these guys is gonna like jerk off onto the symbol. Also, like I, the names. There's like each chapter is like named after a target, like the priest. And what was the one? It was like the archivist or whatever. Yeah, it was like the priest, the librarian. Librarian. And I was like, okay, this is like, I, I was, I was like, don't, like, I, I, I was afraid this was going to be like, kind of like a, like a Guy Ritchie, like, you know, Englishy train spotting. Um, what's that movie that that people love? The Boondock Saints. I was like, don't be that. 
And then as it went on, I was like, okay, it's not that. So I can breathe a sigh of relief. But what is it? And then by the time you realize what it is, you're just like, well, I didn't fucking see that coming from a million miles away. But still, this is awesome. It manages to. So one of the things that we've we've talked a little bit about full car on the show, but for people who haven't heard those episodes or who don't know a lot about it, one of the themes in full car is this idea of um, uh, the past coming sort of coming back into our world and and carrying menace or secrets or, you know, some some sort of hidden thing, whether that's rawhead Rex bursting out from the ground and reminding all of us that Christianity is new to uh to the British Isles and was not there first, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh or uh just the idea of a community that is connected to its roots and its roots are are soaked in blood, right? And what this movie te- does that I think is very useful is it connects not just this <laughs> there's a kind of Britishness in this movie, right? The way that he interacts with his Irish friend who seems to have adjusted to his life in England. Uh the way he acts as a man, there's kind of a almost an implied critique of of British masculinity early on in the movie, you know? Uh but also this context he's brought into that there's a certain amount of mystery, there's a certain amount of corruption, but also there's a connection to the aristocracy. And I think that's interesting for me because Sometimes we assume folk horror is only the idea of the people, you know, the folks, quote unquote, which are like, you know, in a place like England, it's like the villages, the commons, whatever. That's where we think of it. Well, I guess, but a certain amount of uh, performance of ritual is about the aristocracy, right? It's about connecting to sources of power uh, to maintain one's status. And what this movie makes you feel from the beginning almost almost the beginning is that these two guys are involved in a game they don't fucking understand oh yeah and, and even when the game reaches its climax you the audience member who has more information than they do is still kind of like i don't really know exactly what happened but it's fucked whatever it is and even this final ritual that he participates in the hunchback right it's so upsetting, but it also feels if if he said I, I had not read an interview with him about this movie, but if he were to say, "Oh, I read about that in a book about traditions in England," I would say, "Yes, of course you did." <laughs> I'm sure many many a villager played this game, you know. Although I bet what it was is those were two villagers, and then the the guy doing the cutting was not the villager, but was probably like a prince or something, right? Yeah, it's like. There's so much in it. He really sort of tricks you in a way into being distracted by the other things of the movie. The the whatever the librarian is cataloging distracts you. The whatever happened to this guy in Kiev that he's so affected by distracts you. His fucked up relationship with his wife distracts you. Like, you know what I mean? Even the way that once things are kind of up in the air and his wife is like able to pull out a gun and start defending. The, the kid that feels very action-packed oh we're getting into an action thing all that's a fucking distraction what's really going on are folks committed to some dark power and them again i i can't help but bring up the wicker man right like part of the point of the wicker man is the chase yes it's not a ceremony there has to be a chase he has to be a fighting sacrifice who gets away from them until they catch right you know what i mean 
that's what this is. This guy is performing a role. He is filling a, 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 a function he doesn't understand. And by the time he understands the stakes, it's too, it's far too fucking late. You no, know? he's already been, the ritual that he thinks is the ritual is just the culmination of the ritual. Right, the ritual's exactly. been going on literally the entire movie without him knowing it. From the fucking moment he agrees to do this thing, and we, the audience, realize, like, oh shit, like, it's like, it's almost like he was, um, no, it's not even almost, he was, uh, what's who's the irish soldier his 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 girlfriend's name was fiona yeah she fucking zeroed in on that guy and was that was it that was the the beginning of this movie is the second they have dinner together and he agrees to take this job like one last job it's like he is the he's the rabbit to you know to use the the, the wicker man reference yeah and it's just it's crazy how like while watching this movie like you said, everything is a distraction. Like, I, you know, it kind of has a feeling like it, it might go down the path of some like cornball vigilante movie, and it doesn't. And it just does that to get you. Uh, it's not. It's it's like a fake out. And then you don't realize that all throughout this movie, what is going to happen has been crystal clear. Right. You know, it, it's like, um, this is like a weird comparison. Did you ever read? Ever have you ever read Spawn like extensively? No, I haven't. So there's this really cool one of the one one of the villains in Spawn was this character named Urizan, and what Urizan was is Spawn comes into contact with this group of cultists, and they're going to summon this demigod named Urizan. And the way it starts is they kill one member, like they do a ritual, they kill one member, they eat them, and then the rest of them do a ritual, pick one member, and they eat them, and they keep going until there's two left. And then whoever is left alive becomes the vessel for this God. <clears throat> and as I was watching this, like upon like just thinking about it, it's like, it's almost like these, these people that they, they killed, like the priest, the librarian, the hunchback, they were like hors d'oeuvres for the main course. And even to the point of like when they, when they first come upon the ritual and they're watching they're 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 from a distance doing like a recon, I guess. And um they see these cultists and they 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 hang this young woman. And the one character, uh, I think Jay is like, fuck this, I'm not gonna let this happen. He stands up, he starts fucking taking pot shots at him, and the priest just turns around and is just like he's not like get them, he's like, Thank you. Like he's like welping welcoming um this interference into the ritual and it's almost like them seeing this ritual play out and them opening fire is actually part of the ritual like it there's this sense of like everything that happens isn't on accident and it's all part of this like larger ritual and that haunts me like that has stuck with me since i watched this movie yeah yeah i mean there's a moment uh there's a moment at the at this at the very end, right, where when he kills his wife and child, basically unintentionally, his wife laughs, right? Yeah. And people at the time, and probably still do, want to interpret that as she was in on it or she was a part of it or whatever. But I don't think so. I think, and I think Ben Wheatley has said this. That was not the intention. 
Um, but I think it's more like he has been on this. That's the uh, part of the dread of this movie is not just this path that he's on. He's also cruising for a bruising. You know what I mean? Like he's on a, he's on a path of self-destruction, right? Like the reason they pick this guy is cause he's probably going to end up dead anyway. Right? Like he is on the edge and he's taking his family with him. And it's, it's her laugh at the end. I really felt was like an ironic, like, of course of, of fucking, of course. Right. Yeah. Of course, this is where you're going to take us. Yeah. Of course, this is what happened. You fucking dick. You know what I mean? In the, in the, <clears throat> in, in the sense that like, you know, he's already on the edge, which is why he's the perfect person to be put on this. You know, he reacts how they want him to react in every scenario. And that is, that's part of what's so chilling about it, right? That they have set him up to kill all these people in a certain order, in a certain way, for him to get upset, for him to act in ways. And even like his friend keeps saying, like, maybe we should just not do this. And he just can't stop himself, right? Like, he just is propelled forward. And it's it's a combination of fate, but also like personality. And something about that feels even more dreadful to me like it's like oh like they set him up on this path but it's a path he's propelled on because of his own flaws as a human being that he cannot he can't help himself from. yeah 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 i mean it, it it it's not quite like this isn't like a film where a character is given a way out and they just don't take it and they keep going it, it it's like they don't need to give this guy like it, I, I, I don't think he would. I don't know how to say this. Like, he doesn't. It doesn't take much of a push to put this guy completely over the fucking edge, and for him to do exactly like do everything that is required of him, no matter how violent or 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 uh, tough, you know, inner toughness it takes to do, this guy does it, and like. I put to you that like he probably like did a little bit extra for him because like I don't think like there was people in this movie that died very violently that like I don't think was the intention of this like cult or deity or whatever but it's fuck it you know it's like that's just garnish on the fucking dish is like you know how he uh beats the like the guy who made the video he beats him to death with a fucking hammer. Then he goes after all their associates and kills all of them. And it's like, I don't know if that was like part of the plan, but like, I'm sure it didn't hurt things. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's just, uh, I'm so overwhelmed by the power of this cult entity to control things that I just found myself thinking like, yeah, they knew he was going to do all this shit. Like he's just doing whatever they want because it just feels so like he's fucking trapped, you know? Even yeah. even when they're running away from the mass cultist at the end, it's like every one of these people is fine. They don't mind getting shot. You know what I mean? Like they're no. just this is just this is all part of the thing they're and they're okay with that. It, it yeah. means nothing to them. And then it's like when you think about it, it's like the scene I I I think like the 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 the, the first climax is when his boy gets killed. And you're like, oh, that sucks. And then you think, is that another part of this fucking insane ritual that they've, they, this path they've put him down, um, that just, it just constantly makes you question, like, where does, where does it all start for this guy? Yeah, yeah. 
And like, obviously, I hope we know where it ends. But it's like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it was just this like, I'm not going to say it's not a violent movie, but there was something about the way, like the machinations behind the scene that upset me more than the actual violence did. Right. It's like, I, I don't know. It's 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 like um, it's Lovecraftian in a way that isn't like traditionally seen as like Lovecraftian, which is there is a man who is haunted by his past, who is being manipulated by forces he doesn't understand, and that's like a not a common theme in 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 folk horror, but I think it's a, a theme enough where it's like there are there these characters are being like they're they're being uh not quite pawns. Mm-hmm. But they are they they are they are not they are not captains of their own destiny, and that I think is like the true horror of this movie is like everything this guy has seen and done in his life is bad enough, and then this is how it ends up. Is just I don't know it's just fucking devastating. I gotta say like, what an incredible first feature! Like he had done TV stuff, but this yeah. is his first feature film, and it has a bit of like a a hanging out vibe like it's it's definitely clear that this was like an indie film of 20 of 2011 right that in which that sort of like we've got a we've got a video we got a digital camera and we're just kind of like people are just sort of interacting and we're improving some of this stuff it has a bit of that vibe that relaxed vibe but by the time you're getting to the end of this movie you really feel like you're in the hands of someone who has had control. You know what I mean? Like there's something about this style of movie. There's something that feels a bit chaotic and not that this film doesn't have its own chaos, but you feel like, Oh, I've been being much like the main character. I've been manipulated this whole time. And now I'm in the trap and there's no getting away. It's just a really incredibly adept first film. And, uh, I'm 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 so impressed by it. I'm so glad we got to watch it because I didn't realize you hadn't seen it. And it is so dark but well done. And again, I think it's worth being brought up in conversations, not just about indie horror, but as we sort of said, full car, right? Like it is a surprise full car movie. You don't get all the elements you get in something like Witchfinder General or or uh Wicker Man or Blood on Satan's Claw. Like it it's not, you know, as steeped in the tradition, but it draws from that tradition in such an interesting way that I think it really demands to be a part of that conversation, especially as something that like combines pretty well one kind of narrative with a with another kind of narrative and and makes them really work together in a super effective way, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so that's Kill List, 2011. Ben Wheatley. Yeah. It's on Tubi. Yeah, it's watch free. it. If if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's free on Tubi, so. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump right the fuck back into weird cosmic full car with 2021's science fiction psychological horror film. I don't know why I said that in a jello biographer voice, but whatever. In the Earth. <laughs> Be right back. He told me his story. These are his memories. Can you feel him now? In the earth? No, I don't know what you mean. I think you do.
So what are you working on? Searching ways of making crops more efficient. Funny place to study crops in a forest. We had to send a rescue party in to get a group out a couple of months ago. They got lost. Why didn't they use GPRS? There's no fun reception in there. People get a bit funny in the woods sometimes. You worried she's going to get you? Yeah, who is it? It's a local folktale. She's the spirit of the woods. Wake up. Something's there. Listen. Someone's watching us. Saw something in the woods. He wants to talk. What do you want? Everything seems to just keep us here. And we are back to talk about In the Earth, stylized as In the Earth, but with the A upside down. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is like a relative, this is a newer film. This is 2021, you know, only two uh, yeah. years out. Pan pandemic movie. Pandemic movie, yeah. Um, like, literal pandemic movie as the pandemic plays a part in it. Uh, my, when I first watched this movie, I was actually like, as it was like unfolding and they're talking about the, 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 the legend of Parnag Feg. I was like, they better not fucking show that thing. Cause I'm going to throw my computer out the window. Like whatever that is, I don't want to see it. And then it just kind of like snuck around me and upset me in like a different way. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, I, I, I think for me personally, I was so, scared that there was going to be some kind of witch creature in this movie that I didn't see the rest of the horror creeping up. And by the time I realized what I was seeing, it was just like, ah, fucking hell. God damn it. And like, by like, I, I, the moment for me when that fucking hell, God damn it hit was when they drink the potion and they're like paralyzed mm -hmm. from then on. I was just like, I don't fucking trust anybody else they come across in this movie. Like, everybody is the enemy. They're all weirdos. Fuck England. This is terrifying. I don't like it. And I'm never going near a standing stone ever again. Like, you know what this reminded me of? Remember that that weird place that me and Suze went to up in, out in Moravian? Oh, yes. I am never going to go to a place like that ever again. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a real feeling of like it manages to combine the anxiety of about around nature, right? Like, yes, as crazy as these people are, something is happening, right? There is a a biome 
is around them and it is affecting them. But it combines that anxiety of like, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do some research into uh, mushrooms, fungus, uh, various like plant intelligences, the idea that forests share a nervous system. You know what I mean? Like there is a lot of weird shit at this point when it comes to ecological connection, right? Yes. So that's there. That's one anxiety. And it combines that with another, you know, tried and true horror trope, which is you can't trust anyone that all these people have fallen prey to whatever it is we're talking about. And in, I, I think in that way, the movie kind of reminds me of like a, not a possession movie like the exorcist, but a movie more like, well, a great example when evil lurks, right? When evil yes. lurks, people are being affected by this thing and it's hard to know who who's being affected, right? It is similar in 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 this movie, but it is not a demon necessarily. Uh in fact the the folklore is presented as representing maybe something biological that's real and that these two scientists have simply been around this thing for too long and now they've fallen into this weird role of like both science and worship you know like they are full-on devotees of whatever the fuck this thing is but also they're still pretending that they're studying it right oh yeah there's there's definitely like the one thing i noticed was that like uh i believe the character's name is zach the only difference between him and uh olivia is that Zach is honest with what he's doing. Right, exactly. Is that his whole thing is like, I bring devotion, I bring worship, I praise this thing. There's, he says, I, it started out as like science, and I went there to, to figure out what this was, and I'm giving it what no one else will, which is like, I'm, you know, I'm praising it, I'm worshiping it, worshiping it. And then like, Olivia is still in this thing of like, I mean, honestly, I, I do think she serves as a bit of like exposition. Yeah, a lot yes. of it was. But also, like, she's like, I'm trying to communicate with it with these sounds and these lights. It's like, you're not trying to communicate with it any more than, like, a priest is trying to communicate with God during Mass. You are worshiping it. You're not, like, like what, like, what is to be understood by this, by what she's doing? Like, and I think someone, I, I think one of the characters in the movie actually says that, like, what are you hoping to gain from this? And I think the yeah, honest what do you answer think is, it's going to say to you? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think she seeks any sort of like deeper truth. I just think it's she seeks to, to. To praise it. And that's why she's literally playing fucking music to it. Like these like weird, like it'd be like if I just wandered out into the fucking woods with a tangerine dream record and just start playing it for the trees and flashing a light at the trees. Um, and then. There was an element when I first saw this movie is like, is she going to fucking sacrifice these two to this thing? Because she gives them this drink, literally calls it like the sacrament, I think. And it's like, now go out there and drink it. And that's how you're going to get out of here because you have to make a bargain with this thing. And I think that tips her hand as to what she's actually. Um, what her her actual goal is, is there is no there's no there's nothing fucking scientific about this. This this is trans. I mean. Again, it started out that way, but she is merely there to glorify, to praise, and to bear witness to, I guess, for the sake of bearing witness to. 
I think what <clears throat> I think one of the things that's interesting is that the movie, I think probably intentionally, combines a very new thing with a very classic thing, right? So the very classic thing is like scientists who encounter something so overwhelming that they become groveling devotees to it. I think we could find any manner of science fiction horror movies all the way back to like the 50s where that happens, right? Yeah. Like where scientists are so overwhelmed because they encounter the unknown. And part of that represents just our culture's skepticism about science. Like, you know, uh, as much as we like to pretend that we are modern, even today, people are a little bit like, I don't know, scientists seem a little too full of themselves. You know what I mean? There's a natural thing of like, at some point, the, the, the person of reason is going to discover something so mysterious and so out there that it'll break their reason, right? Yeah. But I think the new thing is the fact that this is a pandemic movie. And underlying this movie is the idea of infection. Yes. Um, and that is very grossly portrayed in Zach stealing their shoes and socks and our buddy... Uh, who is, by the way, very good on um, Our Flag Means Death, by the way. Same guy from that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's on that show. If you've never seen that show, it's really great. Uh, when he cuts his foot open, right? It, it's like when they ask that question, why did they take our shoes? Because they don't know that Zach is probably the one who took their shoes. Why did they take our shoes? Uh, so you would be exposed to the elements so that you would get yep. infected by the by the biome itself. And that anxiety is not that it doesn't represent a classic anxiety, but it's informed by a more modern viewpoint, especially during a pandemic. Where we're all worried about getting infected, about affecting each other, about being infected. And in a way, in this movie, these two people are infected by devotion. They are infected by reverence to a perceived divinity, which, by the way, might just be what a system of fungi that have been in this forest for thousands of years it might be the forest itself maybe it's the rock is magical but like the <clears throat> the film seems uninterested in proving to you that maybe there's something going on with this fucking rock right it seems more likely that there's some weird biological stuff here and that going back to when they were burning fucking witches and shit all of this is related actually to our inability to comprehend, and so we mystify nature itself. No, and 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 the, the one character even says that. She goes, she's talking about how people knew that. Like thousands of years ago, people knew that, but all they had were drums and torches. And they that's why they couldn't communicate fully with. They knew how to do it. They just didn't have the means to get there. And finally, she's like, I do. And I think there's this still that scientific sense of superiority of like, well, they didn't understand it, but I do. So I can I can I can understand it. I can control it. And it's like the second you think that is the second that that's when you are. Under its spell. Right. And, and, and the assumption being that if this thing is even having this effect on them, then it must be intelligent. Right. But the, there's never any evidence of intelligence. They could literally just be losing their minds because the spores or whatever in this forest make them lose their minds. But they're convinced. No, 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 no. Something is out there, and it's smart. Yeah. No, no but, reason to think that, but that's what they think. There's, there's a really, really, really good episode of The X-Files that is about a giant... It's this giant fungus that lives in like a cave system in like the Appalachian Mountains... And the whole episode is Mulder and Scully trapped inside of this, and they don't know they're inside of it. 
they literally are like being slowly digested alive, but they're being fed this like weird psychedelic, uh, like fucking juice that makes that this thing is like, it, they think they're like outside in the world, just going about their daily lives. And I kept thinking about that, how like, I don't know if there's an intelligence here. There very well could be just this huge network of like fungal nerve, whatever. And all this mystical shit that these people are attributing it is just like just powerful hallucinogens that are like a, a side, a side effect of this fungus. And if that's the case, that's fine because the horror comes from the way these people handle it. It's not right. about whether or not there's actually a presence out there. It's about the way these fucking people are. You have two people who are in the grips of delirium and madness who think they're worshiping this thing. And then you have two other people who are getting there, but are also like, un, you know, with it enough to be like, what the fuck are these people doing? What are they talking about? Like, is this shit real? Um, I don't, I, and I think that was like the, 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 the questioning of like reality and all of that stuff is for me in this movie, the, the, the source of horror for this, like right, the, what, yeah. what, what is actually going on here? Like, what are we actually witnessing? And can we trust ourselves with what we think it is? 100%. Yes. And and the idea though I don't think the movie is clear if there is an intelligence at work or not, what it does suggest and I think this is different it's related to his other movie. You've have you seen his other movie A Field in England? I haven't yet. No, but I'm probably going to watch it like tonight. Very much recommend. Uh very weird. Very much more psychedelic than this movie. But it it is related and you'll figure that out when you watch it, but in this movie, what it seems to suggest is it doesn't matter if there is a a thing that we would call a conscience or a, 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 a yeah a conscience or a, a intelligence or whatever a personhood. None of that matters. The environment is hostile, right? The yes. um, the it's based like this is one of the things with Folkar is that we often attribute or associate Folkar with a sense of the supernatural often, not always, but often, or at least a connection to the supernatural. But it also comes out of an idea that the environment itself is hostile, right? And this is very much a uh, late medieval European idea that the, that the, that the nature itself, the woods itself is a hostile environment designed to destroy you. Right. And the only survival is to, tear it down and put a farm there instead right like you got to fucking control this thing because it will rip you apart and i think this movie plays off of that because they're just in the woods man they're just in the woods in england what's the big deal and it is a fucking big deal it is very much like they are trapped and there is something there but that something might not be what they think it is it's clearly affecting them they're clearly feeling something but is it what is it? You know what I mean? And and yeah. I think there's something about the alienness of that and the ambiguity of it at the same time that I find super compelling about this movie, combined with the fact that I think for a pandemic movie where there are limitations in budget, limitations in who can be on set, you know, this had to be a very s small shooting, right? Because um they couldn't get a ton of people around. You know what I mean? Like there were limitations because of the pandemic and because of funding. And yet the performers they have and the way that they use them 
is really fucking compelling. They sell this movie. This movie about is about their performances, and I think they do an incredible job and make this movie like really tense and really unsettling in in where it ends up. It's claustrophobic. I mean, yes. even though it's like it's it's about nature and the outdoors, it feels incredibly constricting and 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 smothering at times because of this cloying sense of otherness and there is something that is just beyond our perception not 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 outside our view like not just past the trees or whatever it, it's the sense that there's something outside the perception and it's so crushing and overwhelming that it like it feels suffocating and yeah like you said for a movie that was shot during a very restrictive time that is such an accomplishment to do that and to and 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 to be able to achieve that feeling um with such like limited uh you know resources that they they fucking pulled it off and then some like i, I don't know this is this is this is just a rewarding movie you know what i mean like it, it it's just it's such a fucking rewarding movie and it just really, I, it just makes me excited. I want to watch a field, a field in England so bad. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it to people if you like this. It's a totally different vibe, but it is, I think watching it, you'll see the connection. But I will say it does, it does push you a little bit. It is a bit psychedelic. It's a bit trippy. So be prepared for that going into it. Uh, I also really like his movie Sightseers which is not sort of part of this sort of thematic uh, idea, but it's still very, very good. Um, and then I think the two movies I think he did that people find a little off, but I still enjoy are uh, Hightower and uh, Free Fire, both of which are, are very different in style from the two movies we watched. Um, I think they're very different in budget as well, uh, but I think are very good. So far, the only thing he's done that seems to be shitty is the Meg two. <laughs> I was gonna, I was just gonna say like let's not forget this dude directed the fucking Meg two, which everyone seems to say is even people who tried to tell me that Meg was good, which I am not interested in, are like oh the Meg two sucks. So I'm really like bummed that his version of whatever this is wasn't good. But maybe it was just one of those things where you can only do so much with the Meg two. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say about them having having seen both Meg films, their films. Sure, people, that's fair. People, people only hate the Meg 2 because it came out after the Meg. If there was no Meg, they would fucking love the Meg 2. Because it's got more Megs, it's got an octopus, and a dog lives. You know, that might be true, actually. I'm, I, I, might, I might think that you're right about that. Like, they're really only, like, it, it, it's only shortcoming is that it's not, it wasn't the first Meg movie to come out. That's not Ben Wheatley's fault. Yeah. 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 I think that's I think that's fair. So yeah. So I guess that was in the earth. Um highly recommend. If you do if if you do drugs, do a drug before watching this movie. Yeah, I think it's worth doing a drug if you're into drugs. Yeah. Liam and I aren't, but you know, no, that's that's thing. that that's you. That's on you. So yeah, uh I think that's the episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you would like to help us out financially, you can head to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. If you have already subscribed, thank you very much. Be sure to check out, uh, 
Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, uh, Essex Coffee Roasters, and Mechanical Shark Media at www.xlvacx.com, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, and MechanicalSharkMedia.com, respectively. Um, and until next time, uh, fuck that new Speaker of the House. I don't like that guy. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Also, the uh, the dude who tried to fight the Teamster in, on the floor of the Senate. Fuck, today. yeah. Which, fuck Bernie Sanders for breaking that up, because I wanted to see that. <laughs> Still, I mean, you know, this is this is where we're at. There's a goddamn genocide going on, and, and, uh, and our senators are busy trying to fight people over Twitter beef. Get the fuck at you. What a fucking child. I'm with you. Granted, if he if they got in a fight after the hearing, then I might be a little less judgmental. But come on, but that was just great. Because here's the thing: he knows it's not going to happen. That's just grandstanding, man. Like, no, that's all it is. It's uh, not to go off on a tangent, and we're wrapping the episode up. It's fine. Uh, uh, As a historical buff, I kind of want to see Jacksonian Congress congressional practices come back. Like, I want to see a man beat with a cane. Just not over twitter beef like you know like fight over real shit i don't know either way yeah until next time fuck those guys but not you we'll see you later bye-bye do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the cia ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast weird obscure and possibly unsafe we'll talk about telpomancy haunted railroads sentient umbrella spirits mind-altering video games remote viewing spongebob conspiracy theories and only gets weirder from there Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!